Para papa, para papa, para papa, Van Gogh. Do you know the words, Thomas? Good job, do yep. You ready? Do it. Vincent Van Gogh cut off his ear. Did... All right. Oh, wait. I did, but you were interrupting with your ba 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 ba. Vincent Van Gogh. Hang on. I'm here in the. There we go. The Facebook was uh, playing over. By making Vincent Van Gogh. Never mind. How can we make the world better? By making ourselves better. The Dr. Joe Show explores how you can make positive personal change by using his groundbreaking and highly effective I Am approach to understand who we are and why we do what we do. Your small changes can have big effects. Join us now for the Dr. Joe Show with Mark Stiles of Stiles Law and your host, Dr. Joe Schrand. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Dr. Joe Show. Very good. Wake him up, Mark. And folks out there, folks out there. I'm Happy Joe Schrand. Great to be here. Yeah, the de-aging uh, way works. We have a guest host today because today is Passover. And for all of the Jewish folks out there, happy Passover. Dr. Joe as well is celebrating. And we have a guest host, a Jay Leno type, if you will, sitting in for Dr. Joe. Folks, meet Timmy Styles. Timmy. Timmy Styles. So psyched to have you here. Is and that your folks, radio voice, Timmy? We, what? Was that your radio voice? Yeah. Sure. Whoa, some sass from Timmy. Um, that Zoomer attitude. <laughs> what is he, by the way, Tom? No, oh, he's a Zoomer. I? Zoomer, or like, isn't there like an I generation in there somewhere too? I don't think so. Well, I think uh, for a time the millennials were called the I generation because they have phone and phone bad, uh, but that did not stick. I don't think. So okay, so the I generation is what is currently known as a millennial i think and i know that like zoomer is gen z and we call him zoomer because it's fun to because it rhymes with boomer got it all right so what age is that anything under what i think anything after 1995 up till now okay all right so that's tom mccoy our producer of the dr joe show and dave will all of you know dave will the creator of prop fuel the entrepreneur of our local South Shore EO 360, host of the international podcast EO 360. He's interviewed some of the most amazing people, really, Dave. I mean, amazing. And you all have heard me over and over during this whole thing refer to a phrase as create don't complain. And Dave Will is the guy who said that to me the first time, probably three and a half weeks ago when this first started like coming together as like, what's going on? This is weird. What are we going to do? Well, we're not going to complain. So we create. Well, I mean, we are, are you, are you looking at me right now? That's amazing. Yeah, how you just turn to the side. So yeah, dude, we're Timmy creators. Just, hey, Timmy, no, you know, we're creators, hey, not complainers. And that, that's what I told you, but it's a philosophy I've, I've stood by for a long time. And it's, it, it, anybody that knows me knows it's more of an aspiration <laughs> than it is a reality. Um, 
but yeah, we're, we're, it's, this is a time more than ever when we need to create, we need to think about what has to change. How are we going to thrive in this environment? Even if you're not going to thrive, at least how are you going to make it to the other side? Right? Yeah. So I'm, I, I don't know about you, but this, this COVID-19 thing, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty tired of the topic. You know, it'd be cool to talk about tonight. Tell me some of the cool things you've seen come out of COVID-19. And if you need some help, I can start. I've got a lot. So that's why I brought you on this show, buddy. So let's do it. You start. All right. I got one. You want to, you want to hear one? I'm, I'm just, this is one I came across today. It's a, uh, it's a video. It's a, it's a rock band. I don't even know the name of the band, but if you type in rock band Zoom music video, and you, so write that down. If you're on Facebook, go, you can, I don't know, go do it, do it. I, I don't think we can share it effectively in this, but rock band, and plus it would take too long, but rock band, Zoom music video. How many rock bands actually make uh, uh, music videos in Zoom until, uh, what do we call this, AC, after Corona? Well, it's actually during Corona. And what I cannot deal with is the phrase new normal because yeah i hate the new vocabulary popping up because it does shape your brain so for example in a lot of cultures they don't even have a language to assign blame so if a vase breaks it's just the vase broke and if we use phrases like the new normal uh i think that kind of breeds complacency it's like oh this we're not gonna get used to going out again where are we talking about like not hugging each other anymore well that's and that's why it doesn't work right because in in 2008 2009 like it was a longer more methodical slowdown and it was you know you guys got to get used to this we're going to be like this for a while here every indicator is it's a quick snapback so this is not normal by any stretch i feel like i'm in a twilight zone movie and no one and everyone's playing along but it's not only not normal, but it's not going to stay. Like every person, doctor, politician, uh, newscaster, everybody agrees, financial people, they all agree that this is a hit, figure it out, back to normal. In so if you want to see, if you want to see some of my favorite phrases, you can go to blog.propfuel.com. There is a blog post there I wrote called "These Are Unprecedented Times," with a barfy face on it. And here, here are some of the phrases that I hope never to see again. We are living in unprecedented times. This is the new normal. We're in ever-changing times. There's no script for this. We're in a shifting landscape. We're all in this together. This is the current way of life. Challenging times for all. Uh, social distance shaming. That's kind of an interesting one. It's not even a phrase. It's just a thing that I'm already sick of. Navigating this extraordinary health and economic crisis. Navigate those turbulent times. If only we were more proactive. These are all phrases that I hope not to see again. This is not the the positivity I was looking for. I'm looking for more stuff like this rock band music video on Zoom. I love yeah. Zoom happy hours right now. I'm loving them. So here- Here's an idea that I've thought about. Now hear this one out, right? Mm-hmm. The webinar platform on Zoom allows up to 100 people, right? So maybe limit it to the first 25 karaoke party, virtual karaoke party. Everyone's got to sing. 
everyone's got to support, hang out, 25 people, rip a tune, have some laughs, have some fun, call it a night. You know, you can do breakout rooms in Zoom. You know yeah. that, right? So you meet with 100 people, you break out into breakout rooms of 10 or 12, karaoke. Yeah. Yeah. There's... All right, you're in the A, you're good. So you're in the A group. Okay, you're figuring it out. So you're in the C group. We do it yeah, that way. Maybe? I'm in the Z group. If there is a Z group. And I love how we're bringing people back through this mm -hmm. new platform live just to keep people smiling because Dave's always got me smiling. We had a, we had another podcast separately. They have a whole nother vocabulary, right? That drives me crazy. Okay. So now we're going to unpack this. You know, you could do a whole list of those too. Mark, you're not innocent of in that at all. You know, we're, we're going to tee this up, Mark. We're going to tee it up real soon. Yeah. Yeah. Let's tee it right up. Mark, one good thing that came out of coronavirus. Go. Oh, so family. Jimmy, you're next. Family. It's all about family right now. Here, what I'm looking at is the 1800s with Facebook. So I'm seeing everybody getting tight with their family, getting to know them, getting to discipline them, getting to getting to know each other, having dinner, working out, doing all that. And then there's these really positive communities popping up on Facebook. You know, there's, you know, they start small and then they're getting bigger and it's a lead with the heart. It's, we're going to get through the, and I know you use that term as one of your lists because you're sick of hearing it because there's like enough already, but you know. Yeah, but when you say it, it's okay. The community does need to lean on one another and get through this together. And right, what right. people need to really be ready to do is ask for help. You know, that's the Simon Sinek thing, right? You got to ask, like, they don't know that you needed help, like go ahead and give them, raise your hand and be like, hey man, uh, I could All use right. a hug right now. There's another right. good thing. Simon Sinek actually stepped up. If you've seen the Simon Sinek. So Simon Sinek is the guy that wrote Start With Why. He's this uh, entrepreneur. I, I don't know that he, but sure he's an entrepreneur, but he's more of a author, writer, yeah. expert. Yeah. And, and so he, he writes about culture. His thing is start with why. And that is, right. it's, it's a really, really good business book that basically says, when you wake up in the morning, if you don't know why you're going to work, it's not going to be as fun. It's just not going to be right. as good. It's not going to be as fun. The best brands and the people that are mo most satisfied at work know why they're going into work. So Simon Sinek actually has a very popular Zoom call with his company. It's like, I don't know, 15, 20 people in his company. And he's this basically pep talk saying, look, guys, this is not what we're used to. But it's something that we're going to become used to, at least for the short term. We're going to have to reinvent ourselves. And it's going to be fun. We're going to come out the other side stronger for who we are. And so that's another thing when you're talking about business. That's another great thing that comes out of stuff like this is it forces us to uh, revisit our value proposition. It forces us to revisit how we're executing things so that uh, ultimately on the other side, when we come out of this, we're still delivering our core competency, but sometimes with much more effective ways. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Timmy, what is one good thing that came out of the coronavirus? Well, um, when you're on the road or the streets or whatever, uh, you see a lot of people walking now, like with other people. So it's like you get more exercise and stuff. No you kidding, get... man. I know yeah. it's people everywhere. But, I yeah. love it. but they're close. They're the, they're the ones that are quarantining together. So they're getting even closer and walking and they're doing stuff. Sometimes. Some are on opposite sides of the road. Yeah. 
Yeah, stop. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. You know what else I like about coronavirus? All the great jokes that have come out. Like, I, I can't even tell you, like, if I go in a, and half of that now, like a third of them aren't dirty. And now, no, I take it back. Like 10% of them aren't dirty. But if I go into my phone, I can tell you the exact people, Dave Camillo, that is are responsible for sending me some of these really dirty, funny jokes. You know, there's some really good gifts that now and, and memes, or as I like to tease my kids, call them memes. That have come out. So jokes, the jokes that have come out. Here's another thing, Tom. Do you have any good things that come out of coronavirus? Because I got another thing. If you don't, I can take your space. Uh, equilibrium, I think, is going to come out of this because we had slacker culture. We had just had hustle culture, which I think is good as dead going into the quarantine. When people are realizing that that they're going to get sick of staying at home, I think it's like the the idea of getting a kid to stop smoking cigarettes by forcing them to do a whole carton. We had just smoked a whole carton of hustle and a whole carton of sitting on your uh, behind. So I think people so are going to what's next? Have... What comes out of that? Equilibrium? Yeah, finding your why oh. instead of chasing the dollar. So everything really is a pendulum. You know, we went from the Gen Xers, right? We're in, we just didn't, Mark and I are Gen Xers. I don't think you are, Tom. My guess is you're a millennial. Millennial, yep. All right, so Mark and I are Gen Xers. And so we're in the, uh, who gives a, a heck, a generation, right? My Sharona is like, we, we just leave us alone sort of thing. But then, then this is generate. So this is highly generalizing. But then you go into this generation where the millennials are all about, oh my God, if we have a job that isn't like solving a massive world problem, then wait, if we don't have a job that isn't solving a massive world problem, then we're a failure. You know, if we're not curing cancer, or bringing water to remote places in Africa, then we're not really doing anything of value at all. Then you have the generation like Timmy, where Timmy's more like focused on himself. Now, the, yeah. again, highly generalizing, this is where I'm starting to express my opinion, but I think the younger generation now is kind of like more back to the Gen X side where they're like, yeah, the world's cool, but I kind of want to go have some fun right now. And I think you're right, Tom. I think what's happening is everything starts swinging back to the middle before it goes to the other side. So Tim, Mark, get you're your uh, Scrooge, Scrooge McDuck routine down. What? Get your Scrooge McDuck routine. Oh man, that's got to be like a hundred years old to him. You're awfully quiet. What do you think about this, Mark? Do you think, uh, what well, do you think about Timmy's generation? Do you think they're I was just going to ask him what you I was going to just ask him what he thought about being called, uh, you know, what would you consider that self, uh, self-centered that you're always. Uh, no, that's a, that's a, that's a harsh word. I'd say uh, uh, focused on, on oh. expanding as an individual. No, I like it. I like individually it. focused. I like that. It's my turn to talk down to a younger generation. Timmy, you <laughs> snowflake, you entitled snowflake. Oh, it feels good. It's so funny that, that, I tend to think that the generations don't change at all. Mm. I think it's the age of 18 to 25 that they're still trying to figure things out, whether they're in the, the flower children of the 60s or they're the Gen Xers of the 90s or they're the millennials of now. And they're all just kind of, mm, you know, still jerks a little bit, you know, and they're presenting in a way that's self-centered, right? Because the brain development's not fully hatched yet. And they're saying things that they probably would regret, like, 
boomer remover I've heard, which is an awful thing, but that's being said, but it's not any different than the Gen Xers or the the other people who looked up at their uh, higher generations and, and, you know, showed them disrespect where they shouldn't be, but then they figure it out and then they get in. But what I do like about that generation, because they're now almost 40, right? They, um, they're not focused on the dollar, right? The Gen Xers, it was always about what's your W-2? How much you make it? What are you doing? What are you, you oh, what are you going? You're moving up and you challenge, you know, because you're being pushed in that competitive direction where they have replaced the W-2 with the, what are you doing for society? Huh? What are you doing for, and they're competing on that. That's a great competition. I love that competition a lot more. You know, what are you doing for the community? You know, how are you helping? Where's your heart, you know? So, but aren't those generational things? You're saying those are age specific things, not generational Except things. Except that every sure the the mindset is where everyone tags the generation. They're tagging them in the same time frame at the same time. That's highly we, generalizing, hence the generation. Yeah. yeah. And then no generation will ever be the same because no times are the same, right? So we didn't grow up with cell phones, right? We started off seeing uh, beepers and, you know, I had the Nextel, what was like a walkie talkie at one point in my career. And then the Blackberry and this and that, like there is technological things that just simply change. It's getting way too deep, man. All right. Tell me about like a fun video. Let's go back Creator. I got one. I got one. Hold on. Here's another great thing that's come out of coronavirus. Right. Um, who's the who's the uh, the John Krasinski? John Krasinski oh, from yeah. The Office. Was Sadie? What's that, Timmy? I watched this video. Yeah. Yeah. Mom. So John Krasinski came out with Some Good News Network. That's S G N. Cool. He's got two episodes at this point. They're about 15 minutes long. And I swear to God, if you can make it through either one of his videos. Timmy excluded, without shedding a tear, you're made of nothing but steel. You watch these videos, man, and this first one, he's got a girl who just got out of chemotherapy and they do something really special for her. And this one, they got another little girl who, who's never seen Hamilton and, and Emily, uh, uh, what's, what's his wife's name? Emily, Emily Blunt. Blunt, Emily Blunt comes on and it's just like, it's, it's incredibly touching and uh and really entertaining steve Carell was in the in the first one our very own our very own those that's great tom what's the name of the guy who was the fake hustler who went dark for four years came back and has like billions of followers who's putting a really positive message out there too it's like fake hustler he was he was he was a he was a um wolf of wall street no, he was an influencer early in the Instagram world, shut it down, felt shallow, two years went dark. And now he's, uh, he just puts out these really highly produced three to five minute clips of like really positive and inspiring stuff. His name is- You're like, not talking about Gary Vee, right? No, Dar or something like that. Dar. Dar, not Dar. All right, we'll, we'll, we'll post it. But the guy's putting out some really good stuff. And that's it, Tom, uh, Dave. There's a lot of like, why me? It's not fair. Hmm. What What about me? Uh, me, I got to get that last roll of toilet paper for me. Yeah. It, but there's so much other like, all you have to do is look at it through a different lens. Just I got another good one. 
I got another good one. You're not keeping up with me, by the way. I think I've got like I'm eight not. of the last 10 good things about what's happening with coronavirus. I want you to come up with a couple on your own. I'm following, here's, I'm following here's, up and adding sauce to yours. Here's another one is, and I work very closely with a lot of associations, right? Like National Association yes. of fill in the blank. And associations, generally speaking, they're administrative, they're, they have a fairly small staff. It's kind of like a small business. But these people that generally get into associations are not business people. So they're, um, they're I don't know how to put this without it sounding insulting, but they're not on the cutting edge of technology. They're not highly advanced when it comes to technology, right? So they tend to be about 10 to 15 years behind technology. So in the association space and in every industry and in every business, there's about the 20% of people that have just refused to actually embrace the internet, to embrace technology. You ever get in a Zoom call with somebody three months ago and they're like, oh, I don't want to turn on the video. I didn't take a shower today. Actually. Yeah. I didn't comb my hair. I didn't brush my teeth. And, and so they don't want to turn on the video. Now, to get into a Zoom call, it's incredibly unusual to get into a Zoom call where somebody does not have their video on. So our, right. our ability to accept this interaction, the digital interaction, and that's a good thing, our ability to do that effectively and do it well just went up to 11. So we are, we are at 11 right now, which if you've seen any kind of music documentary, you know that's one better than 10. It's way better than 10. It's louder. It's turn better. it to 11. We just turn it to 11. But why um, would you just turn it to 10? Yeah, it's a good one. Because 11 is uh, louder. It's louder. No. It's louder. That's one that we might have to add to the list for this, this uh, lockdown. They won't let me show them 80s and 90s movies because the credits are first. What do you think of that? What? I get first. All oh, the they did take a long time to get to the actual beginning of the movie. Who's not letting you? The kids. kids. Oh, they're referring to like the home. I see. Great movies, you know. Raging Bull took like ten minutes to start. You know. You know, back in our day, you know. Yeah, we're back not in the nineties. Big Lebowski. Mark, give me something good. Give so, me something good. So we are a right to farm town mm-hmm. and I am going to start a farm on my land. And I think the farmers are going to come out of this way ahead too, because did you get with any of your EOs and, uh, and other associations and get involved in the PPP, the, the payment protection plan? When you they say were, get involved, you mean share notes and stuff? Share notes, share oh, understanding. Oh, we sure good. did. Yeah, we good. sure did. Yeah. Good, I was you, I was one of the victims of uh, the uh, Bank of America just screwing up the PPP mm-hmm. thing. Oh well, Bank of America. So if anybody's unfamiliar with the CARES Act, the CARES Act is what the government passed to support uh, the businesses, not just small businesses, but big businesses, nonprofits, and a segment of that is allocated towards small business. And what they're doing is they're giving away, a, you know, it's generally speaking, two and a half months of payroll to businesses or loaning two and a half months of payroll to businesses with the likelihood, a high likelihood of it being forgiven to businesses, but they're doing it through banks, right? So where, wherever you have your, your account, they'll, they'll uh, like, for instance, my business account is with Bank of America. 
So I'm talking to my loan instructor the week before. And the day of this getting released on the third, last Friday, where basically the world has access to to what's called the PPP, was it the, the the payroll protection plan? Is that what it is? Payroll. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. the day this is released, uh, Bank of America pulls out a card and says, "Well, if you're going to do it through us, you've got to have more than just a business uh, account. You've got to have a business account and an open loan with us, which includes a business credit card and a bunch of other options. But there were so many people that were customers of Bank America that did not have an open loan instrument that they, they, they just ticked off a huge percentage of their customer base. So by three in the afternoon, their CEO, the CEO of Bank of America is apologizing to the world and saying, we didn't mean it. We actually meant to turn it on. <laughs> He's just backpedaling the whole way. So that's what I mean when I say I was a victim of the Bank of America thing. So, so it's Friday did morning. Try, did you try to? Yeah. So Friday morning, I tried to get a loan through Bank of America. I got a note that I was ineligible and ended up going to find another bank that would take my business. And so okay. anyway, if you Google Bank of America, PPP, that's all you need to type in and you'll start seeing just how poorly it was handled. It's so, it's so interesting because they took such a bad rap the last time for doing dumb stuff like that and not being not, you know, it's just, just a little thing. But my, such my, a big my whole my whole point with going full circle with this is, yeah. did you read the application? You obviously filled it out. So oh, yeah. The short application. Where one of the one of the warrants was you're going to do the very best that you can to buy American. Did you see that? Uh, yeah, there was there was a lot of fine print that you kind of go and check through that, but I did not I did not see that and acknowledge they it. Didn't like mandate right it. Now. They, How can you really enforce it? They didn't mandate it. The language was not mandatory language, but it was like, listen, there you go, Tim. Now we're cooking with macadamia oil, right? That's right. Yeah. The they asked you to pretty please buy American if you can. And I thought that was really important because the way they're going to do it is they're going to fund these loans and then go back and say, did you put it in the stock market? Did you pay down other debt or did you actually pay your people with this? And oh, by the way, if you did buy supplies, where'd you get them? Because we'd rather you buy them here, you know, from our, our other 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 uh people who live in the country. But supplies but, aren't forgiven, are they? It was just payroll, rent. No, it's, but and no, it wasn't. Utilities. I think yeah, there's going to be, I think it'll be a global kind of underwriting after the fact. I think they're going to, they open the window, the money's going to go flying out. And then if you do improper things with the money, they're going to carve back on it. But if you do what you're supposed to do and be a good citizen, then they're going to forgive it. And to be a good citizen, I, I'm, I'm, pretty sure they're gonna say hey by the way what else did you do you know did you support our local businesses did you do other good things for us because they're gonna have discretion on whether or not you're gonna pay it back or not you know so I think it's great um, I think it's a it's gonna be a great injection for a lot of businesses keep a lot of people happy because again what we're talking about here is not a new normal this is a short-term bang dust off boom we're back to where we were Right. I mean, every every expert in the world. I don't is think so. Like, not completely. I mean, you look wow. at some of the things that I'm pointing out, like uh, you can't go back to normal when it comes to the technology. No one is going to say, OK, I'm, I'm going to go back to being afraid to turn on my video. 
when I go into a video call. This whole no, concept of doing video good. Yeah, there's a lot of good stuff that is not going to go back to what it was a month ago. Now, Mark, right. have you changed your mind about the the war phrasing too? Because I feel like that's another thing that will shape pe- the the idea of calling it a war. Because I think it's, that it, it was it was a war on the on the uh, on the virus, and and the forces have been set up, and we're doing the best we can to beat this thing. Maybe maybe you know maybe it was a little aggressive, but I still like it. There's two fronts. There's the financial front. And there's the healthcare front. And the healthcare front's doing a great job triaging it. And so is the financial markets to triaging it. It's all about how long it lasts ultimately, right? I mean, everyone's business, Dave, if they can stay afloat, which is what these programs are for, is just to keep us afloat for the time period, are going to come out stronger because of technology, because of the need to be remote, to limit some of the overhead with the cost of rent. I mean, I'm revisiting our value proposition. That's a big one is revisiting what it is you do that brings value. My, one of my investors in my current business turned to me a week ago, or maybe it's two weeks ago. And he like, when, when we're right in the middle of understanding that bad stuff was happening right now from an economic perspective and from a health perspective. But to be honest, my, my focus is more on the economic injury of this thing. And, um, and he said, listen, our customers, and he was more specific, but generally speaking, in times like this, customers are looking to save money or to make money. Like if you're providing a service or a product, you've got to help people save money or make money. I'm not talking about consumer goods. I'm talking about B2B, business goods, right. business services. You need to help people save money or make money. And there's right. a lot of businesses revisiting the value proposition to see how they fall into that category right now or yeah. which category they fall into, I should say. Yeah. Bless you, Timmy. So oh. it's properly good for you. Chicken right, right into the elbow, but I'm going to get shot that in public. I got a topic when you, your topic or my topic. He's the guest. Oh, that's so nice. It's nice to be the guest. Um, Weird things you've seen in Marshfield in the past three weeks. Weird? Yeah, I'll start again. Obviously, I brought it up. I have something in mind. So I'll start while you guys think. Today, I was driving through the center of Marshfield, and I saw a couple getting into their car after going into Walgreens down in the center, uh, wearing like full-on hazmat suits <laughs> now really? and, they, and i think that's really good for them but it it uh it was you know i gotta be honest it was just weird to see somebody get in their car with one of these like it looked like they were i don't know if it was a hazmat as much as a, like a, a full was top to bottom full, painter like, suit like a boiler suit I don't know what that is, but it sounds correct something you might wear when you're painting a house and you don't want anything to get on you or when you're cooking math including well, like a, the head. Exactly. When, yeah yeah like when i cook math i wear these things it's like total math <laughs> but it's what oh, one of those bee guys that do the bees that yes yeah. that's it timmy that's right so that so, was that was one weird thing i saw but you know again the the fact that people were embarrassed to wear the masks was was kind of frightening in and of itself because the mask is symbolizing not that i have it but I want to make sure that I'm keeping everybody at 
safe as possible. And I think there's a couple of people who missed big on that opportunity, um, including our president, um, to just say like, listen, demystify this. If I act like I have it and I act like you have it, then we're gonna be much better off because of it, right? I mean, that's the model I've been going on is if I, I'm gonna pretend I have it because I don't know if I do. All the doctors are saying that you're, you're not symptomatic for the first five days. Maybe I have it, I don't know. But if I do, I'm gonna make sure that I don't give it to you. And also I'm gonna wash my hands and I'm gonna touch all this stuff and I'm gonna wash my hands every time I'm near you because if you have it, I gotta get rid of it. So therefore, like, let's put on these masks. I mean, it's, it's, it's normal in Asia right now. Why, why are we stigmatizing this? Like, so is that, what's the weird thing you saw in Marshfield? People not wearing masks? Is that what you're saying was weird that people in Marshfield are not what wearing I'm saying masks? Is, what I'm saying is what you saw was out of sorts for Marshfield, but maybe they're really doing the right thing for everybody in Marshfield. You know what I mean? I don't I think know. they're just keeping coronavirus germs off their clothing. Mm-hmm. So or, they don't have to, like my, my brother will come home from uh, from the grocery store. He'll take off his clothes, put them in the wash. Um, We're doing it every day. We're doing it every day in my house. You come into your house, in the bag, straight to the shower, rinse off, washing hands incessantly. I mean, there's, we're not in full quarantine right now. So I'm going and interacting with people. When I walk in the house, it's doctor's orders, drop the clothes straight up, shoes, you know, into the shower, rinse off, wash your hands, gargle, and hope that you were safe all day because, you know, that we're doing the best we can to be as safe as possible when we're out there interacting with the people that we have to, unfortunately. Tom, Mark's not going to answer my question. So why don't you go? What is what is one of the weirdest things you've seen in Marshfield? Define weird. I'll give you more time. Do you need more time? Is that what it was, Mark? So here's what I'll say. Everything about this is weird. Like every experience I have, every minute of every day is is something. Can you be more specific? Yes. Okay. On Monday Monday morning. I've, create, I've created a, an ingress egress for the two people in there and myself that have access to my building for the purpose of you know, what we need to do. And I was there at 7.30 in the morning, which is usually 1.39 is very busy and loud. I'm in the back of the building, which I've never been in and I'm looking at the trash, but I'm hearing no cars and I'm hearing the sound of these just beautiful birds. And I'm just looking up and I'm like, wow. We're missing a lot of stuff by just going in and doing this. And who's got going to soccer? And who's going to them with dinner? And and yeah. you're just not hearing the birds. So to hear those birds was that really was weird. weird. Yeah, I like that one. That's good. Hearing sounds and noticing things that you don't notice because there's less traffic, less people. You're you're going about different processes. Walking in your yeah. What do you got, Tom? Uh. Just the level of cooperation, the uncoerced cooperation going on, because one of the yeah. fears at the at the onset of this, when people realized that this was a little more serious, uh, I was afraid of like a quick knee jerk draconian like shutdown, like a martial law or a martial light, as it is in California, like you can't even paddleboard without getting arrested. And people are taking it seriously. That you see the lines of demarcation at grocery stores lines everyone's everyone's civil 
Uh, and Massachusetts is not a police state at all. Uh, is there states that aren't as lucky? I've seen like Rhode Island's where they're like, we're going to find out if you're harboring New Yorkers. Uh, and <laughs> we've escaped that. Did you, Tom and, and Mark and Timmy, did you guys see uh, uh, Chief uh, Police Chief Phil Tavares uh, speak earlier in the week? I think he posted it here on Facebook, and and I, I'm not sure if it went well, out. There was a there was a YouTube video that he sent out early, really early, like we're seeing kids, you know, so kids at home. Oh, maybe that's what it was. Is that what I thought? That was just this week. That was on the news. He sent it early, early. He was. Right. Well, I, I saw one. I don't know if it was an update or what, but I thought it was really, really good about him. And my, maybe I'm just late to the game. But well, he I was really on the news liked, too. I liked how Phil came out and said, "Look, we don't want to be the bad guys. We're the good guys. Right. We we don't want to be the ones that are kicking kids off the basketball court. Just right. keep your darn kids off the basketball court." You know, right? I thought and I thought it was really good. Speaking of a police state, yeah, you're right. I think the this general sense of cooperation is really really interesting. Timmy, what have you seen anything weird among your friend group? Anything different going on other than school happening over chat? Well, the weird thing is, I mean, people aren't even like texting, which is a weird thing. Like, they're like not even your doing. Dad anything. doesn't won't stop texting. Dad, oh my God! The number of gifts, the memes I get from your dad. dad. Memes. Some. Um, dad lost. Dad lost his phone for nine days. Dad had Timmy's phone for nine days on like a deep dark mission of focus and didn't get his phone. So do you think that's why people aren't texting? Is because you didn't have a phone? <laughs> Probably. Um. Some parents are a little more overprotective, and they don't even let their kids like step outside. Some of my friends have said that. Uh, something weird that is going on in Marshville is that when you like drive by people, like they're walking and you're like, hi, they're like. Yeah, there's a lot of people waving and stuff. You're right. No, they don't say well, hi. He's, he's saying oh, I've, I've experienced quite the opposite, actually. Really? Maybe because I wave at everybody. Well, yeah, I think it's too. how you interact with people. Timmy, are you the one it, looking down first? Because I look at people, I smile and I wave. And man, generally speaking, they're waving back. Yeah, I, I wave at them, but they usually don't wave back because, like, they're, like, scared and, like, I don't know, they act way different. It's different than it used, used to be, obviously. Hmm. Yeah. They're surprised. A lot of them aren't normally out there walking either, so they don't know the protocol of uh, that somebody driving by might be waving, right? It is surprising when they don't wave back, but I think a lot of it, to me is that they, they're taken by surprise when you wave at them. What do you think, Dave? I'm wondering when the last time Timmy actually saw a friend was. Timmy, when was the last time you got together with somebody? School. When school happened. So, which is that, several, which weeks ago. A month. Has it been so a month? Really a month, maybe three, three weeks, four weeks. So th this is, so Mark, this is a defining period of time. And this is another thing that's kind of cool. I think I it's cool. It's a defining period of time for this generation uh, and us too you know we'll be talking about this forever but for people right. timmy's age and and my kids age this is the thing that defines like these epic moments of their youth is right. the, the coronavirus right. or the 
great toilet paper shortage of 2020. Yeah, because I was thinking about this. My sister-in-law's nieces, they're like like six and three. And I'm thinking this is like, a, this is years to them. Like our perception of this is like real time, basically. Wait a minute, your sister-in-law and nieces? Wouldn't those be your daughters? Yes, I'm sorry. Uh, my <laughs> my daughters, my stepdaughters. So that like, this is so much longer for them. And it's like, they keep, like, we keep talking to each other. It's like, oh, can we go to Disney when the big sick is over? And I'm like, oh, man, this is, this is like, this is what, a fourth of your life or whatever this is going to wind up being? Defining. This is yeah. a defining moment. Big sick. I've never heard it referred to that. That's, uh, yeah, it's cute. It's interesting. Way. I like that. What about people born into it? Being born into the. Oh, my God. Yeah. Can you imagine that? And then you won't remember anything when you're older. You'll well, be like, there was. There was someone who was getting ready to have a baby that I had heard and the husband wasn't going to be able to go. Well, you know, I was just talking to my oldest son, Zach. He's 19, soon to be 20 in June. And uh, we were talking about this exact topic. And I said, well, you know, you were actually alive for 9-11. He was, he was born in 2000, in June of 2000. Now, obviously, he doesn't remember it, but he was around. So it's kind of interesting. It doesn't really define his childhood because he's too young. But it, I don't know. It's, it, I think it's a really interesting topic to look back and, and think about the things that happened in your lifetime. Now, look at the things that happened in our grandparents' lifetime, Mark and Tom, for you, great-grandparents' lifetime. And, and Timmy, for you, your great-great-grandparents' lifetime. If you look back on these amazing things, we have a whole generation of people that went through two world wars. Yeah, World War II. I mean, that's, that's just absolutely amazing. I saw a video um, just yesterday of my grandmother. Uh, this was taken in 1995, 96, something like that. And I found this video of my grandmother, a German woman born in 1903, uh, in, in, obviously in Germany. And to think what she saw, she died sometime yeah. in 1996 or seven, somewhere around there. Um, to think what she saw from 1903 to 97, something like that. Uh, all the things that happened, cars, airplanes, internet, jumping around a little bit, washing so machines. All that's happened, look at all that's happened since she died, too. I mean, it's, it's a crazy transformation. Coronavirus, 9-11. What else has happened? Yeah. Facebook. <laughs> Instagram. iPhones. Lost. Oh, that was a good series. Lost? Very good series. Can we talk about that for a second? Because that's something we didn't talk about that I think is really, really relevant. Yeah, and that ties into the Garnick effect, terrible endings. All the great shows we're able to watch now because we don't have any events to go to at night. So if you are working, which I think many, many, many people still are during the day, at night, it's kind of quiet. Get to hang out, play some games, watch some shows. So, what is what is a show you're enjoying these days, Tim? Me? Yeah. Uh, well, I've usually been watching movies like in the morning, not really at night. Sometimes at night, but um, show. Well, I just finished a show called All American. It's pretty good. Hmm. Yeah. Is All that American. appropriate? Like, am I a good parent? You or... want to know what it's about? Yeah, I don't know if we want to know what Styles like is doing to his kids. 
So what so, is up with the rage of Tiger King? What is it called? Tiger? It's a perfect, it's called Tiger King. I think it's the perfect storm of, ti- of timing and just how interesting this guy is. So it's about like, so it's about like basically three tiger sanctuaries, like, or two zoos, one sanctuary. That's basically. And these are two. legal? Yeah. Well, the sanctuaries would be legal, I guess, but the, well, I mean, are they selling these things? Yes. So the two were selling commercially and one is a sanctuary. That's basically just a zoo with arguably worse conditions for the tigers, but it's called a sanctuary uh, and is for profit. So there's this guy, Joe, uh, he has like five different last names, but he goes by Joe exotic. Yep. So uh, we gotta, we gotta sue him for that. We need, there could be only one Joe. So, and this guy breeds tigers, sells them. Not anymore. He's in, he's in prison. Spoiler. But find out how he got to prison. It's like it's like a white trash Game of Thrones. It really it's so it's such intense these rivalries that go that span two decades. Where these this weird like uh, this guy with like a weird pony t- like a very a very like your quintessential stereotypical fifty something tantric sex uh, entrepreneur guy who has like this kind of cult. That's basically his staff of caretakers for all of his animals, his tigers, his elephants, his whatnot. It's weird how you threw tantric sex into that. No, that's that's essential. That's a big part of his per- this guy's personality. He's like, is it the, really? Yeah, he's like. Well, uh, he wears eye. He wears eye eye, eye makeup, right? The, uh, is it not Joe that guy. Exotic? Joe Exotic has a bunch of like piercings and stuff. All right, McMillions. Another good one. Another, and I think it's very similar to this tiger thing because there's an, a, it's a, it's a interesting plot that brings you in, that draws you, and there's a, a, a dash of white trash. There's, there's mobsters. There's murder. There's, there's money. There's, uh, there's even a strip club. So like, there's all. He's got a little bit of everything, and there's McDonald's America. So yeah, McMillions is another interesting one. So what, who covers that? Netflix? McMillions is, uh, 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 gosh, I think it's on Netflix. That's a great question. Hulu, is it? Hulu, yeah, that's what I said. Yeah. And what's Tom, what's the Tiger King on? That's on Netflix. It is. I, yeah. I, I had Denny watching it. He was, they were exiling the guy to whereabouts unknown Oklahoma. Oh, I, I love, and the, the guy, uh, He like, it's not really spoiler, but there's a character yeah. that flees to Belize. And he, well, oh, he doesn't really? flee to Belize. He stays, he's in Florida, but to like avoid the cops, he goes to Florida and Instagram posts on Instagram uh, that he's in Belize because he ha- posts hashtag Belize, but then he posts hashtag Mexico. So he thinks Belize is in Mexico, I'm assuming. Oh, good, good. That's good, a good. funny little thing I noticed. That, that's, uh, that's, that's fantastic. That's some good, that's some good television, I think, right there. That's Netflix also. Yeah, that's Tiger King. Tiger King. So I think we've uh, exhausted our time here on the Dr. Joe show. There's so much more to talk about. What, what influence are you going to make, Dave? You know, there's all. What was the question? What, what, Thomas, how does he ask that question? Go ahead. The IM is based on two rules. One, you control no one, but influence everyone. What kind of influence do you want to be, Dave? And uh, you know what, I, I, I want to be somebody that helps people uh, uh, think more curiously, think creatively, think with a little bit of more enthusiasm 
in their curiosity. Like curiosity is cool, but curiosity with enthusiasm is, is just the best. And so I want to be an inspiration for people that want to think with curiosity. What's the Tim Ferriss quote, recapturing childlike wonder isn't just optional, it's necessary? Yeah, it's a lot easier if you act like a child too. You know what I mean, Mark? I think you do. I do. I do. So folks, Nobody I ever accused me of being- Well, hold on, Mark. The second oh, principle the second of the I am, and I'm doing this out of order, I just realized is that small changes can have big effects. What small change, Dave, do you recommend for our listeners to have a big effect in their lives? A positive influence. Uh, I, I, uh, I think your morning routine can have an amazing influence in your life. So here, here's the thing. There's no such thing as morning people or not morning people. There really isn't. There's very few people that wake up in the morning and they're like, woohoo, let's go. But the morning can be, uh, if done right in the right morning routine, and it's really quite easy to do, it can kick off your day with a bang. And there's a great book called The Morning right. Miracle. So there's the thing I'd recommend is, is read The Morning Miracle, listen to miracle The Morning, morning Miracle. Right? I did a podcast with The Morning about with the Hal That's Elrod right. who wrote I The Morning would, Miracle on EO would recommend. All right, listen to the podcast I did with Hal Elrod on EO360, The Morning Miracle. So that, that, there's my one little thing you can do. Listen to that podcast. That's all. And, and, and do that, ladies and gentlemen, do that. He has an amazing, and he's so humble, but an amazing podcast. He's interviewed an enormous amount of really, really influential, smart, and popular people. You're going to recognize a ton of them, but that one is a great start. And I've shared that one a bunch, Dave, because A, it's a really good book. But B, it's such a better conversation about the book with Hal that it just brings it all in. And in, in what, an hour and a half you talked about? No, to they're all about an hour. Timmy, there's yeah. a great it was, podcast. It was right? so good. You were- I interviewed a guy that got eaten by a shark. That's right. And not all the way, but enough. And it took a nice big chunk out of the side of his body. He lost half his leg, half his arm. And the, the graphic description he gets into about the experience of getting bit by a shark is phenomenal. And so the painful was, experience of growing it back. <laughs> he did not grow anything back. No? He, grow, he did not grow. No, no. This is a different no. No growing legs back. But here's an interesting story that he had a motorcycle scar burn on the back of his calf. When all was said and done, that motorcycle burn ended up on the back of his leg. It's now on the back of his thigh because he lost the bottom part of his, of his leg and they, they took the skin and they folded it up into his calf, into his thigh. So he's now got a motorcycle burn, burn on his calf that's in his hamstring. Oh, yeah, wow. so there's a good one, Timmy. Shark there's a lot of them, the folks. On your podcast, any platform, Spotify, Swoot, iTunes, whatever. Apple Podcasts. Apple Podcasts. EO360. EO, Entrepreneurs Organization 360. It's absolutely unequivocally worth putting those in your ears and listening to this man talk to some folks. Dave, thanks for coming, brother. This was fun. Thanks. I always like coming to these things, especially if Timmy's here. Vincent Van Gogh cut off his ear. Did he do it for love?